go to number three. And with that, Seth, I'm going to kick it to you. I think we're probably going to have both both of us so, have a third favorite movie. So my three will be Temple of Doom. Um, Temple of Doom is, the, of the original trilogy, probably the campiest, but also probably the darkest in a weird way. Um, I also think that uh, Temple of Doom, it's sort of, it's on, it's right on the borderline of being sort of racially insensitive and like kind of dated to a point that uh, some of the racial stuff could be taken the wrong way. I think I also mentioned earlier, I find the three magic rocks to not be that uh, intriguing of an artifact. Although I'm sure if I went to India, um, maybe I would know more about these type of stones or something. I'm sure there's like a real basis to it that I don't know about, but I don't find them as intriguing as the Ark of the Covenant or uh, the, the Holy Grail. Um, I will say I love Short Round. I always love Short Round. I love all of his line deliveries. Uh, I think he's got good uh, chemistry. I think he has better chemistry with Ford than uh, Kate uh, Capshaw, I think is her name, does. Um, yep. Yeah, the, Kate Capshaw, who was married to Lucas at the time, drew the leading uh, woman role. And it's like she has a couple moments where she's okay and looks good and stuff, but for the most part, she's the damsel in distress. I broke my nail. I'm a ditzy blonde. I don't want to ride this ugly horse. And it's like Karen Black in Raiders is such a strong, uh, you know, woman. She's drinking guys under the table. She's getting into brawls. And it's like to go from that to this, you know, this dancer, singer type of person who just wants to be pampered the whole time. Uh, it got a little annoying to me, to be honest. I didn't, I didn't, she's not my favorite character. I agree. I, I agree with you with it as being third. And I joked before that I was an apologist. I really do like this film. I remember liking it as a kid. I remember thinking it was scary. I remember thinking it was different. It wasn't my favorite, but I still really liked it. To me, there wasn't a huge gap in terms of quality. And it was only when I got older, and I think when I went to college and once you're in freshman year of college, you were seeing a lot of a lot of free time, seeing a lot of old movies again. And I think yeah. it was at that point that it really separated from the other two, in, in my opinion. Last Crusade was always my favorite. I'll, I'll get into where my final rankings are. Growing up, I thought it was my favorite. I really liked Raiders, though. They were both pretty much neck and neck. As I said, Doom was right up there, too. I, and then, as I got older, upon reassessment, Doom fell back a little bit. But I still think it's great for different reasons than I did when I was a kid. And some of the things I liked as a kid, I don't like now, but it's a film that I think is more than the sum of its parts. And even though there are some big issues, uh, one of the things I will say, the in terms of being insensitive, I didn't remember being insensitive, but after watching it, knowing that that was a charge, I could definitely see people being upset. And one of the things I learned in research was the food scene when they're eating the baby snakes and all those animals, none of that is Indian cuisine. And that yeah, that's all of, made up. And that was one of the things that really offended them. And I'm laughing because that would offend me too. And I totally understand why they would be offended. With that being said, it doesn't ruin the film for me. Again, one of the things... It doesn't even ruin well. that scene for me. I actually no. still think the scene's kind of funny. <laughs> I like the scene. And one of the things I really liked about the scene, it was a defense it wasn't portrayed as a defense of it, but once explained to me, it made so much sense. These are supposed to be Buddhists and they're eating live animals. That is the first indication that these are not, everything is not normal. They're lying. Something is amiss. And that is something that we discussed in the movie, the wailing when it's a Buddhist oh, yeah. shaman who 
in that, I believe he's eating meat and drinking and doing things. And that I, I think it's something there that might've been lost on the Western culture. And it might've been a misfire just overall, but I see what they're trying to do thematically. It might've been handled that well, but I, I see what they're doing. And I actually like that. And I guess I'm a controversial, whatever. I like that part of it. I like the film. I like short round. He's great. You talk about uh, high point. I that's, definitely, that's his piece. so like, uh, the sequences I think that really work well in Temple of Doom is definitely like once they're at that temple and then they go to their beds and there's the whole thing where like uh, the girl thinks Indy wants to sleep with her or whatever. But then once he get, finds that trap door and they start going through there and through the booby traps and they, it's like that whole thing's really interesting. And then like once you get to that, uh, it's like from there you go right into like the heart snatching stuff. Then they all get captured, and then they have to escape. And you go to the rope bridge, and it's like I feel like once he opens that trap door in Kate Capshaw's room, the whole movie kind of like actually starts. Like you actually go on the adventure. And it, and not to say I I do kind of like the opening scene in China and that whole thing at the at the night lounge. Like I actually think it's pretty. It's not the best of the three openers, but it it actually works for the movie. I think. But to me, the movie really starts like once he opens that trap door. I agree. I I think. I don't think the problem with the film, one of the bigger problems, which I didn't appreciate it to bother me as a kid, but watching it now, is the structure, the opening act is way too long and it's important because it sets everything up but it should be half as long you just don't need as much going on also the connection to the story i said previously and commended other films for having prologues that that weren't totally connected or not connected at all to the other story but when you're going to take up that much time for for this chinese gangster to never turn up again and this (laughs) story to never come up again it, it ends up I think diminishing the overall product a bit, and then the only thing it does it sets up that he, that Kate Capshaw and Short Round are kind of like stuck with him on this plane where these pilots abandoned the plane, right? And no, 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 no. Sets... Uh, yeah, yeah, but again, yeah. That, that takes way too long to introduce just two. Yeah, you're right, you're it's right. It's more. Yeah. It's just. It's a matter of the length, and then it transitions to a more exotic jungle adventure in the second act, which I like. They they're using the animals for this gross up actor. They really do a good job of creating the setting. They have what I appreciated for the first time was a really unsettling and also somewhat humorous conversation at the table. But to your point, it's the movie just takes off. It goes from like a six to a 20 on a scale of 10. Once that door opens, everything goes crazy. Human sacrifices, nonstop action, zombified people, mind control, voodoo, voodoo dolls, alligators even, rope bridge everything goes crazy, yeah, yeah and it's awesome yeah yeah it's like even that part where him and short round are stuck in that little room i think is a good scene and the the, the roof starts caving in on them um but i actually i think the rope bridge scene but it might be one of my favorite scenes in all in the whole indie franchise actually i think it's a great thing where it's like he finally gets surrounded on both sides it's like he doesn't know what to do. You got alligators underneath you, and it's like, of course, he's going to cut the bridge. It's just one of those sort of like iconic scenes in the franchise, I think. I remember watching that in my playroom as a kid, jaw dropped. It was one of my, it was a scene I would rewind. I thought it was so cool <laughs> yeah. because it's one of the few times where they do identify that a single man can't take out an army full of armed people with a like a, a strong fist, a strong jaw, and a hard right fist. <laughs> and justice on his side and it was this crazy move that i was realized who no one would do that and i the yeah. fact it worked 
I just thought it was so ballsy. In real life, they all would have died. But it was so cool. I think it worked. And it, in terms of the overall film, I think it ended it on a high note and really was a great capper. And one of my favorite Indiana Jones scenes, too. I think it really helps elevate it for me in my mind. And I know I sounded pretty harsh on it. I like this film. The back half makes up for the first half. For me, that's the like the real argument is that like the back half of the movie is good enough that it like it holds that's kind of the argument for it with the other two, I think, where it's like everything from that trapdoor through to the rope bridge, it's like that's on par with stuff in Raiders and Last Crusade, I think. It is interesting that the two movies that weren't as received as well, and we're not this is not subjective, this is objective. Those two films are not yeah. as well received as the other two. Were the two films where they tried to incorporate those historical fantasy elements from other cultures. First of all, the thuggy cult was real in India, but the the fantastical, mythical aspect of it, as well as the crystal skulls and possible aliens being in South American cultures. I think the problem there is that it's not... They're taking historical elements and pushing them into fantasy with the Western things right. of the Ark and the uh, the um, the Grail. And the other two, it feels like they're merging too much. They're taking aliens and merging it with Mesoamerican culture. They're yeah, taking, they, and then they're, they're, going, they're taking yeah. human sacrifice. And they even said it was more Aztec. They're taking dark voodoo black magic and mixing it with a thuggy cult. It's, it's, it's not, I, and I think, I know what they're trying to do. It feels like they're probably doing it because they, you know, I'm not going to get in their heads. I, that's kind of my analysis, and I think it ends up I totally agree, but it's like, you're right, it's like, I think, you know, look, this is two Jewish guys, okay, they know a lot more about Judeo-Christian artifacts than they do about other things, I'm sure, and so it's like, the Ark of the Covenant and the the Holy Grail are things I'm sure that Lucas and Spielberg had personal knowledge of before these movies, where it's like, I don't know how much they knew about, uh, you know, magic stones in India or whatever it, I, it's like you're told and it's like I don't think they wanted to go to the well too many times and like take you know keep going into Christian Judeo artifacts I think they wanted to incorporate other parts of the world but they're, they're clearly outside their comfort zone when they go for those things and I think it's just like after you know 2020 uh, hindsight vision it's like it clearly they're more comfortable when they're talking about things they know about and it's hard because I don't want them – I want them to branch out. And as I said, yeah. I, I really like Doom. I wish they put a little more thought and effort into rounding out these stories if they want to use things outside of Western culture. I guess that makes me the white police or Western culture police. Now, now you know it, Seth. Um, in terms of Doom, the Kate Capshaw thing, that movie is famous for her marrying Spielberg. They weren't married Lucas. at the time. Lucas. No, no, she married Spielberg. Spielberg? Oh, yeah. I'm all confused. I'm I know, no. She married Spielberg. They met on this film. He says it was the best thing about the film. Spielberg's also really shit on this film. And I think it's one of the things that really hurt how it was received. He's really crapped on this film a lot. And I think it was an overreaction on his part to this that late two thousands, early teens backlash culture backlash where they realized yeah. that some things might be insensitive from 30, 40 years ago. I think he knew that the female character wasn't written the right way and that it, it just it immediately felt dated kind of. Yeah, I mean, short round, to, why why not bring it? Okay, we'll talk about it in Crystal Skull, but he should have been brought back in Crystal Skull. You don't need that's, much. That's not, yeah, why don't we have an older, have an older Asian actor 
Patricia around and hand the baton off to him. You know, it's like, who the hell said it had to be Shia LaBeouf? I don't know. We're the two white guys. That's who said. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, for, for Doom, we're both comfortable with the three. Are we ready to move on? Yeah. All yeah. right. Now, this is where it's going to get interesting, Seth. Again, I'm going to kick it to you. You're, you're the... You're the archaeologist. No, okay, I'll tell you this. For the majority of my life, a very 34 years, um, I have always ranked Raiders number one. I've always thought that that was the best movie. However, this last viewing of all three of them in a row, I found myself feeling like Raiders, um, it's a little bit not as smooth, not as tight, I want to say. Um, and there's a few... I want to say the action scenes you can tell are, are like a little, not like underdone. They're just not as exciting. I want to say there's a couple action scenes in the Last Crusade that I think are very underrated. Um, I ended up feeling like Last Crusade was the better movie this time, and so I'm gonna rank Raiders number two. Interesting. Interesting. Although I will say. Raiders is the one that sets up the franchise, creates the character, does all that, that like the whole originating Genesis. And it's like the argument for Raiders being the best one, I think it has to include that because it's all like, the fact that it sets up the entire franchise is pretty valuable. Interesting. Uh, I always preferred Crusade. And I think it's because. You've always liked Crusade more. Interesting. I think the reason for that is it was on more as I started to watch. And I remember Last Crusade being on on Channel 11 all the time. It was on TV all the time. I remember watching it with my parents. I do remember seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I think it. I remember seeing Last Crusade being that formative and then seeing Raiders after that, or Doom after that in some order. But for me, I really like Raiders. And actually, it almost beat out crusade this time after rewatching it it could have been i watched crusade over a couple installments and i was distracted for a little bit of it so that could have hurt it and that's something i kept in mind but one of the things i really appreciated about the first indiana jones film being uh, raiders of the lost ark was that every 10 minutes you were somewhere else and something was happening and i think for the first 90 minutes it works it gets a little redundant in the last 20 minutes there's four different scenes big scenes and action standoffs which at that point you're starting i think it's it's diminishing returns by that point but overall it was really ambitious they're on site they're doing all these different scenes they're tying together all these different threads and what it what it did so well here which i think it really failed in crystal skull was it was not they weren't giving us exposition. They were giving us history. They were telling us history through the story. And it explained where they were going, why they were doing this, what they were looking for, who took the covenant, why, when, why they thought it was there. Right. And it's in this it, way that it, it feels like you're solving a mystery and it works and it's exciting. And to your point, it just set up a template. I do have one big issue with it, which I'm going to save for the bigger questions. Like it's the, the Ravenwood thing, uh, thing. I think the romance works here. There's some darker implications with their past relationship and history which i'm going to save for later and i think we need to save it for the questions uh but with that being said overall i think it really works she is the best uh jones girl and you mentioned oh yeah looking at it looking working back the best is in the first movie it's ravenwood 
Then you have Kate Capshaw's ditzy, straight up money grubbing, gold digging blonde. And then you go to the psycho German Nazi spy. Yeah, yeah. It is a huge decline in terms of quality of his counterpart. And then you bring Marion back. Oh, excuse me. You bring Ravenwood back, who I like. But just the implications of bringing her back after everything Jones has done is not a great look for her character either. They just really treat the woman poorly. And it's so no, disappointing wait, wanna... because she's so treated so well in this film. And that's what I didn't like. But uh, are you ranking Raiders second now? No, Raiders. So Raiders was always, I'm sorry, Crusade was always first. Raiders almost leapfrogged Crusade. So I thought it was funny. You came away preferring Crusade. I came away. Did, yeah. To me, Crusade Raiders actually closed the distance a bit, appreciating everything they were trying to do. So, and, yeah. I mean, honestly, both of the movies are close, and it could just depend on the, the night you view one of them, where it's like, I honestly think that they're both that close that it just depends on the night you watch them or whatever in terms of which one you're preferring. But it's interesting that we both had, like, different reactions like that. Um, and that, do we want to just – we kind of talked about Crusade. I mean – the one we should thing... talk Raiders. Why don't we talk Raiders a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I, yeah. I know Raiders. So yeah, I mean, I ranked it number two this time. Um, but it's like it was famously every shot was storyboarded. Uh, Spielberg had had so many budget problems on Jaws and Close Encounters. I think that Lucas was like, "Look, I'll do this movie with you, but we're not going over budget. Like, you have to know every shot you're doing, and you're gonna have to storyboard every single shot." And so it's like. Even the opening sequence, and by the way, the opening sequence of Raiders might be my favorite of the openers. It's it's one of these classic Hollywood where it's like he goes through this cave, he escapes, you know, he loots these traps. There's this guy that turns on him. He does that thing with the sandbag, and then you have the giant ball rolling out. I, it's one of the most, I mean, iconic action scenes. And, and you know, they still flash that scene during the Oscars and stuff with the ball rolling out after him through the cave and everything. I think it's a great opener to the character without having to explain who that character is. You know, he's a guy that goes to dangerous places and tries to rob expensive things. And he oftentimes gets caught by other people around him. You know, it's like, it kind of tells you everything you need to know about Indiana Jones without reading anything or giving you any exposition. Um, and then to go into the, the actual plot of the movie, um, I think it's a really interesting way of using the Ark of the Covenant. I don't, you know, everything I've read about the Ark of the Covenant is that like, it's got the 10 commandments and like Moses's staff in there. I'm not totally sure where this idea, the Nazis got that, like, if you open it up, you'll have God's divine armies, like, uh, defeat your enemies or something. And I'm also not sure where Spielberg got the idea that if you open it up, all the Nazis will suddenly melt. But well, I, I thought it was a great MacGuffin for the movie. <laughs> I, I can quickly speak to that. They used it to destroy the walls of Jericho, and they carried it into battle. It was – so there's some ambiguity as to if it was a weapon or if it was just something they had it, when they're just with they another like powerful weapon. It. I got you. I but got you. there was some significance to it. And then it's also, keep in mind, it's from the Western Christian Judeo aspect that it is what it says it is. And it's a, it's a, it's a connection to God, which in this film yeah. it implies, if not the God, a God. It does imply that there's some connection there. So, and that, that, that was one of the things that I meant when talking about these other films. He's really just taking this historic relic. And pushing it into reality. I, I mentioned pushing it into fiction. It's really pushing it into reality a bit. Without asking too much or, or talking about the implications behind it. But 
this isn't the type of film where I'm asking it to. This is a film where that is just a minor, it is the MacGuffin. It is part of a bigger yeah. question, but this is about Jones and him saving someone or himself, stopping the bad guy. Cause it's not about the MacGuffin. It's about what someone's well, trying to do it, do with it. And so for me, it doesn't bother it, but I, the, I think this and the grail are the best handled of the MacGuffins. Yeah. And I think it really works for this film. I, I love it. I love, I love it. One of the th- one of my favorite parts uh, in Crusade is that part where uh, Jones comes up with like an RPG and they're kind of walking, um, they're walking the Ark of the Covenant, the Nazis are to like this other location, and he holds up the RPG. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna blow the whole thing up." And this guy has this conversation with him. He's like, "Yo, this, you know, we're just passing through time. This Ark here is the history. Like, this is the thing." And it's like, it, it's kind of this moment where you realize, like, holy shit! Like, if that's really is the Ark of the Covenant, like, this is like thousands of years of history that these people are walking around with that yeah there's something just sort of it has more gravitas to it when they're like actually walking around with the artifact than it does when he's like holding the stone and doom or something well, belloc is great i didn't remember him being such a personal rival but he's yeah villain. he is a good character yeah and you needed that character in the crystal skull to call attention to the significance of the moment if this is real if this is and it works yeah. so well here. And I just want to quickly also note, Balak is also the name of a Judeo-Christian demon. So I thought it was very funny that that was the the name. Not how it's spelled, but it's very similar to the name of a demon. So he's, also, he's also really good in his scene uh, with... Um, sorry, Raven yeah, with Ravenwood. Mar- Mar- I like that that whole yeah that whole cat and mouse game they're playing with the liquor and stuff. And I thought I thought he's really good in that scene. He's great. The monkey scene. You you touch it. There are a bunch of great scenes. There's the opening scene. There's this whole ongoing subplot with the monkey, which is actually really good. And it explains oh, yeah. how he, they're being tracked for like a good portion of the movie. In addition to that, there's this famous fight on the tarmac with this massive uh, airship going oh, on. Oh, yeah, He's that's fighting a good this fight. Big yeah. guy. It's actually the same actor as the giant thuggy in Doom. Which I think had brown face, and we're going to discuss that. In oh, that's questions. funny. Um, it's definitely they sort of developed this quality about Jones, where it's like he's not the biggest guy, and he might not be the best sort of like fighter. I mean, he he can throw a punch, but it's like he's not the biggest guy. At the end of the day, he always uses his wits to kind of like get through the situation. He has. I was thinking about it. To me, they depict him as a hero who has a strong jaw, a stronger right hook, and he's. Just got balls as big as his brains, and he's always, and he's always finds a way out of it. Sometimes someone helps him, but he's just stumbling through these fights with sheer bravado and a strong punch <laughs> and a good jaw, and it works. And we talked about this a bit, and one of the things I mentioned with the Matrix films were how it kind of changed the action films from being this more classic street fight boxing to a little more martial arts across all these different action franchises and that when i'm talking about him look talking about these films and watching them all they're doing is punching maybe one or two kicks they're not blocking punches people are just standing there and they're exchanging blows and i don't mind it that's what a lot of comic books are some of my favorite comic book fights are that it works you can make it work but at the same time it did feel a little dated some of these scenes when there's like five guys standing around him and he punches two guys with 
one punch knocks out two yeah. guys and the other three guys all wait for him to turn around so he can punch them all out again. And yeah, there's also just like a lot of classic movie stuff like you knock a guy in the head and he falls asleep for two hours and it's like, that's not how head wounds really work, but it's like, <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff like that where it's like, you have to just swallow. It's like, yeah, dude. They're doing fist fights and people get knocked out. <laughs> I didn't mean that as a criticism. It works in these films. Even, no, you're right. Even yeah, in yeah. Skull, but it's just, it does, maybe date is not the right word, but it's definitely, it feels perhaps contrast is a better comparison in my opinion. I did, I did find myself thinking, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we want to move on to um, Last Crusade, but I felt like, I found myself comparing the action sequences a lot uh, between Raiders and Last Crusade. I totally understand that. I think there was the most similarities of all of them on purpose. Crusade is almost an echo of Ark in some ways. Yeah. It works for a couple reasons because they change and few things up. The romance is secondary and the real love story here is that of father and son. Something right, all yeah. people love, especially George Lucas. Father-son dynamic. You have a lot of cathartic healing going on there. The son loving his dad, realizing his flawed. The fa- the father finally realizing the man his son has become and being impressed by him and now, really I'm, awed by him. One of my favorite sequences in the in the movie is like when when Indiana goes to save his dad. They like he finds him in this castle and they have to escape. And it's like throughout the entire escape and chase scene out of the castle. Indiana keeps pulling all his moves, you know, he'll like, he opens up the staircase, he gets him out of that fire area, he, you know, he throws the thing into like some motorcycle pig to get the guy to fly out of the air. It's like, he pulls all these Indiana Jones tricks, right? And it's like, each time Sean Connery is like, unimpressed with it, unimpressed with it, like you're just hurting people or something. But then at the very end of that sequence, it's the part where it's like, they're on the beach and Indiana Jones doesn't know what to do. The plane's coming for him. And then Sean Connery, he finally pulls his move with the seagulls. And you're like, oh, you are like a chip off the old fly. And like, I just love that whole dynamic where it's like, oh, yeah, this is Indiana Jones's dad. Like, they did get away. <laughs> Once again, I'm not using the allegory or comparison correctly, but I keep going back to the Gordian knot. It's creative problem solving. It's, oh, yeah, how yeah. do you defeat a, a gunship? It, when all right. you have is an umbrella, oh, well, you send the, the birds up there, of course. You use the umbrella to flock them away. And it's very convenient. They're there and everything. But it works in this film. It makes sense. They're on the beach. Why wouldn't there be birds there? There's also a moment there where he's like, I remembered my Charlemagne. And it's like, in the birds in the sky. And he kind of quotes this Bible scripture. And I think there is like a, a thread in there where it's like, maybe God is watching over these guys to get to the grail. Like, if you're a religious person, I think you got to see that as like, hey, Maybe they are on like a divine course here. Well, all right. With that being said, that's a great, do we want, is there anything else we want to say about Raiders? Is it, or I'm, I, there probably should be, I don't I feel like we didn't, I don't know. We can always come back to it in the questions. I think the last thing I'll say about Raiders yeah. is the face pelting scene. Iconic. They go back to it in, in, in uh, crusade, but there was a real horror element more so in this film other than doom, but it works best here. Cause it's just sprinkled throughout. But I was going to say that the, the stakes, I mean, this kind of happens in both movies. You're right. Like you said, they're an echo of each other, but like the stakes of the Nazis acquiring the Ark of the Covenant, if it really was a, a war winning weapon, it's like, to me, that really raised the stakes of the movie. And it's like, Oh, if they do have control of this, then they will be the allies. And like, what will this world be like? And so I like that 
sort of like interjecting the ancient artifact into the real world stakes. And, and the same kind of thing happens with the with the Holy Grail, I guess. Agreed. With that, I feel, I feel like we're ready. Should we dive into the Grail? Shall we sip from the Grail? Yeah, I mean, we kind of already were, I guess. I get um, Well, yeah. with that being said, let's take a quick break. Sure. That does it for today, folks. We will be back shortly to finish this Indiana Jones conversation. Mm-hmm.